Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about quilting, crafting, creativity, with a dash of garden, chatting about current interests, and life in my northern town. You can find show notes at mycreativecorner3.com. You can also find all of my social media, how to purchase a virtual cup of coffee, and all events on the website. Please feel free to stop by and leave a comment. I really appreciate everyone who listens. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, everyone. Good morning. It is St. Patrick's Day. I took Thursday and Friday off. I just really need to plan for one four-day weekend starting in about October. So November, December, January, February, March. Here we are. And then April, I have a vacation. It's a long winter up here. And I just saw a TikTok that made me laugh so hard. It was Michiganders when they see the sun for the first time in seven months and it showed this guy laying in bed and the sun was peeking through his curtains he got up curious and puzzled he went to the curtain flew it open and saw that the sun was bright the snow was melted he smiled the biggest smile ever and waved at the sun and said hello yeah that's kind of how it is I have been um really energized by the warming trend we've had over the last week. It's been 55 a few times. We are losing the snow. It's still not gone. I still have quite a bit in my yard. I'm jealous because, you know, about an hour or so south of us, they do not have any snow. But we're losing the snow, and that means that we have once again survived another winter. It's sometimes a very long winter. That's how it felt this year. Daylight savings time came real early to me. It felt early. It threw me off for a couple days. So this will be a great four-day weekend to recuperate. I may put my Sirius XM radio on today and listen to St. Patrick's Day music. Decided today would be a great day for doing all the errands. I have a haircut appointment this afternoon. I'm going to fix my broken nail. It's not getting better, people. Uh, Yeah, this is the nail that I did a vertical split on a few months ago. And the split won't heal. And I was putting on my socks, of all things, and it split again. She tried a fiberglass patch, and that just wasn't strong enough. So she did some sort of building up base coat acrylic topper on it. Super shiny. It held better. So I'm going to keep going. And so my the rest of my nails didn't look weird. I went and put my Color Street sparkly, glittery nails on all of them but my broken one. I'm going to ask her if maybe the Color Street will help. I don't know. I'm just, just frustrated that it's not healing up. But my Crazy Glue patch didn't work. It works for some people, but it didn't for me. So hopefully it will start healing because... I'm finally over this several month long on again, off again, inflammatory process and a UTI and my sugars were out of whack. And today, last day of the antibiotic, things are better with that. So hopefully 
sunshine is on the way and it will make all things a little sunnier. Gonna slowly start getting back into trying to walk in the neighborhood once all of the snow melts off the sidewalk just to get some fresh air and see what's happening in our neighborhood. I tend to walk outside a little bit in the spring and in the fall because it's beautiful and it's lots of fun. I want to say that I have not been doing much on new projects for quilting. I thought since today was St. Patrick's Day, I would tell you I've been quilting Irish chains like there's no tomorrow. I made an Irish chain using Kristen Esser's free pattern. And if you go to her blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, she has from 2019, it's called Loyal Heights, L-O-Y-A-L, Loyal Heights Irish Chain Quilt, a free pattern. So I made one last year using the scraps from my late friend, and I used a very special dragonfly fabric that had a black background and some sparkles in it. Now I have lots of that fabric left, and I quilted it and I put a bright blue binding on it because I decided that this quilt is something in my friend's memory would be better served if I gave it as a gift. And I still have some of that black fabric to make another quilt to remember her by. And I've made a couple of other quilts to remember her by. So I decided to give this to an office worker who happens to be my new supervisor and she's having her first baby. And I thought, new baby needs a new baby quilt and my friend also worked for the company that I work for so I felt like it was checked all the right boxes and it will be given a very very loving home my quilt I have a hard time giving them away sometimes they feel like precious little babies myself so I gave her the Irish chain quilt And over the winter, I think everyone has been busy sewing because one of my retired friends who also worked from the same company, different city, but same company, she used to do our payroll. She brought over three of the Loyal Heights Irish chain quilts because we were doing them as sew-alongs. She had so much fun with making the first one. She made three for her grandchildren. And then she brought two more that she's been working on. So I can't wait to do those. Now the Loyal Heights Irish chain quilt, we all had all over swirls put on it. So I'm working on her second quilt and I'm expecting to get that done pretty soon. I'm pressing it today. I love doing all over swirls. My special signature, I guess, signature swirl that's a lot of just movement and all over pattern. So that will look great on baby quilts and everyday useful quilts because they'll probably get a lot of washing in use. And then I'll start practicing on some custom quilting because I have four other quilts that customers and friends, they're all my friends, have dropped off and I want to do something a little more special on all of those, including one for Angel of Halo Inspirations. I can't wait to do that. So I'm thinking about what I would like to quilt on it. So I'm pretty excited about doing a quilt for her. On 
just not sure. You know, this is a funny thing about how I do free motion quilting. Because I had someone draw out a pattern or show me a pattern that was a pantograph recently and asked if I could do this as custom work. And I said, no, because I do free motion. And to be honest, um, I'm doing a lot of Christmas table runners in between these Irish chains. Sometimes I don't really know what I'm going to do until I push go on the start button on the long arm. I have rough ideas like the Christmas ones. I wanted to do something, an overall with a couple holly leaves in it and some swirls and curls. And so that's what I did. But you have a rough plan and you kind of look at the fabric and draw inspiration from it because what I'm doing is really more for texture and background. And then in the spring, I have a friend who's bringing over a sampler that she wants to enter in her local quilt show. So that one will be ultra custom quilted. So I'm going to get all my practice in underway with doing all overs to custom light to super custom. And then hopefully I'll have time over this summer to now that I'm motivated and I feel energized to work on some of the five quilts I have in my stack. Sometimes you just need to do something different. You know, working on other people's quilts is actually a lot of fun. And I have to say it's very inspiring because you get to look at different fabrics, different combinations, different patterns, and it is so much fun. So that's what I've been doing in the quilting department. And then every once in a while, when I have a few minutes, I'll sit down and I am working on a triple Irish chain that I've talked about. This is going to be a very long, slow project. I'm working on all the nine patches and then there is a nine patch with a background color in it in the top middle row of the nine patch. So working on those two. So these two main blocks before you work on the alternate block. I want to see how much fabric I have in one color, I want it to be all dark blue on the outer edges to give some movement. And then I want to spend time in the future as I get going through my stash on working. I saw Diane did a great version of Sushi Farmer's Pixel Quilt. And it's a diagonal quilt and it has an illusion of like an Irish chain, but it's not. It's all scraps and I thought that would be a fun exercise in playing with scraps and it will be a low risk project it's also something you can do I think they're four by four in two and a half inch patches and then you just play with different colors so I, I really want to do that as another long-term project but today in celebration of my vacation day I want to start working on the next Dear Jane. And I've been documenting my progress, not tutorials, just my progress on my vlog style YouTube. Me chitty chatting, showing different um, projects I'm working on. But Dear Jane is something that is something I like to talk about. And the blocks are so hard that um, it's. I have a few people who are working on one too that we all can sit and we all identify and can share our feelings about it. I have some great tutorials from Hobby Stash and that's been super helpful. So 
Look for that video in the future. I might do a couple of Dear Janes over this four-day weekend. Not sure. Don't plan that we're going anywhere, but who knows? Maybe we'll do a Costco run this weekend if the weather's good. I actually have room in my cupboards after we <laughs> seem to have cleaned out um, all of some of the excesses. And we did buy a little mini deep freeze, and it's been fantastic to have. So Costco, I have to say, if you have room to store the stuff, it has saved us money. Um, I have done some ordering online and had it shipped to the house for like paper products and things like that. So I think we're going to renew. We're about ready to, it's been a year of owning or of having a Costco membership. So what are your thoughts on it? We don't have a Costco or Sam's Club super close. So we have to travel a little bit and we just make a day of it. I mean, at this point in time, um, we don't go on big dates and do stuff. So we kind of make a Saturday afternoon of it and go to the one that's 70 miles away. But we have to assess the traveling with the increasing gas prices. So I still think we're going to renew our Costco membership because you can do a lot of things more than food. Now, I have to say that over the last month, we have gone to Home Chef for a subscription service for food delivery. It is way more expensive than every plate. I'm going to tell you, though, the food is so much better quality. I was disappointed at the end of my every plate Um they sent like two zucchinis that were the size of your thumb. And that was supposed to be for two different meals for two people. And the other part about every plate is you have to sub not substitute, but you have to have basic things in your pantry, like garlic salt and flour and stuff. And to be honest, I don't always have stuff like that. So I liked Home Chef because everything that you need to make it is in there. A tablespoon of flour you know, a teaspoon of mayonnaise or whatever. They're all in packets. And the food just seems to be so much better quality. And I really think that the portioning and everything um, with the carb counts are really better for me. And I think that's part of the success over me having some control over my blood sugars. Now, if I can get some weight off, I'll be even happier. But it all depends on the meals you pick. And like last night was a phenomenal pasta meal with broccoli and um, prosciutto. And it was like Alfredo sauce. That was not a diet meal. It was very rich, but it was delicious. And today my sugar was fantastic. So it's really, I think, you know, I'm learning that it's, it's the quality of food you eat plus portioning. Plus if you can do a little bit of exercise every day versus once or twice a week with a real intense workout is what's working for me. So Home Chef, I really am loving it. So for the Our Creative Souls version, which is my sister and I, what crafty types of projects have we been working on? My sister has been doing some really amazing things with her knitting machine. She just finished up a beautiful blanket. It was a long strip panel um, with several short variegated yarns and purples and teals, unicorn colors. And um, she made that for her granddaughter who loved it. 
uh, hats. She's been making several hats, and she also did some stuffed animals, and they're really, really cute. Uh, a bear and um, like little amigurumi style. They're really, really cute. So she has been working with yarn and using her stash that she found at the estate sale a month or so ago. I've done a little bit more knitting on my boho elementary wrap. It is just a stockingette stitch and it feels like the project that will never end. I talked to Kristen about how far she was on hers and she agreed. Do you remember um, Lamb Chop's Play Along? Um, I'm not going to sing the song because it's an earworm, but you know the song that never ends. It goes on and on, my friend. Some people started singing it. Yep, that's kind of how I feel this project is. It goes on and on. But it is very zen because it's just stocking up. Knit one side, and then when you do reverse your work, you purl the next side with a couple of um, ribbed, you know, ribbing stitches on the edge to keep the yarn flat. It is a fingering weight yarn. I use that very hoarded, expensive, massive skein that was supposed to do one shawl. Mine's probably not going to be as long as um, Kristen's and Francis's, but I really like it. It feels so wonderful because the yarn is so fine. It's very, very pretty and it's an ombre. So it goes from a gray to a pink to a right now I'm in the hot pink section which is great because that will be more in the center of the yarn and then it goes to more pinks to purples and ends on a dark purple so I think I'm halfway through and I just measured it and it's about 26 or 27 inches long so I'm thinking it's going to be in the 55 or so inches where I think most the pattern and the other ladies is probably going to be closer to 80 or 90 inches long but I'm okay if it's a little bit shorter um, because I just wanted to use this very expensive yarn that I've been hoarding for a decade and were, was too afraid to use it and the pattern that they had um, was too overwhelming for a little shawl for me anyway. So after that I did order a few things that I made inspired by the class that I took from Abby Kirsten who is I can't remember her website now but anyway I have talked about it and put links in our creative souls of the projects that I did so she organized what's called a Cricut craft fest and they do this a lot for people with cutting machines for a week or five days, they had six projects up that were available for 24 hours. You could watch it, download the free patterns or SVG files, and then you watch the tutorial, and then you had a week to do that of five or six classes a day. I fell in love with several projects, and I ordered some paper from Amazon because that seems to be the place that has all of my needs, and I started with the Starbucks cold cup cup. It's a venti cup, maybe. It holds iced coffee. And I went to Starbucks. I bought myself a tea because I don't like iced coffee. And I tried a couple different projects with the, it's like a holographic vinyl. So you cut it out and put it on. Now, the one that the 
uh, presenter has is a beautiful one. And I've talked about it with the Monstera leaves and it was called Jungle Vibes or Tropical Vibes. And I just had a terrible time weeding it, which is peeling all the excess vinyl off. So I'm going to tell you, if you are a cutting machine person with a Cricut or a Silhouette, I found some tips and tricks on weeding and other free projects from a YouTuber called Mr. Crafty Pants. So I'm going to try it again with some vinyl with the actual leaves. And I'm going to try a couple different tips on how to weed it. But anyway, I found a simpler, chunkier version of uh, a circle that goes around the Starbucks logo that has hearts cut out. And then there's a bunch of hearts scattered throughout the cup. So I did that one first. And then I made some, the fairy houses out of cardstock. I was so excited. I love the fairy houses and they have windows cut out in there made so that you can put fairy lights or a battery operated candle tea light inside it. Well, when I was making my first two, I have plans for more. They almost fit perfectly around a wee yogurt jar, which gives the whole thing a lot more stability so that you can pick it up or easily get the tea light out. So I'm going to, the next ones I'm going to make a little bit bigger. These were experiments and, you know, you, you learn every time you do a project. So these are a little, will probably get beat up or aren't quite as perfect because the one fit just fit around a wee yogurt jar. And, um, but it has a big gap, a big seam. So I covered that little gap with a strip of paper and I don't like having to glue it straight to the jar because that's what I did and it made it a little bit lumpy. The other part is I'm trying to figure out how to make her pattern, it was free, work so that the pen will draw a wood grain on the house but I couldn't get that to work when I did it the first time. So I've watched a couple tutorials from Mr. Crafty Pants and I think that I might be able to do it. Um, I really love his presenting. He speaks in a slow manner. He's got a great enunciation and he's, he's a professional YouTuber. I mean, this is what he does. So his editing and his lighting and his projects are perfect. So I have followed him and I've learned a lot and just, you know, I probably watched a handful of videos. So I did the two fairy houses. Now the other part of the fairy houses that was a learning curve is that um, I chose to make paper roses. And so the first roses I cut were too small to go in a shadow box that I had. And so I rolled them with a hack which is a quilling tool you know quilling where you roll paper I'm like duh and then I figured out I was trying to roll it the wrong way from the base to the top no you start at the top to the base I'm like well duh that sure makes sense and so I have rolled many little paper roses and I put some on my fairy houses as well as cut little daisies and I also learned a whole lot about cutting cardstock and making 
these fairy houses with multi mats, which means you put different colored paper, you follow the directions that the machine has, and it was very easy because the pattern was already designed and I had fun decorating my houses and putting them together and putting the light in it. I love these fairy houses and it was the best free pattern I've ever <laughs> invested time in watching how to do it. Putting it together is super easy. Now her name is Lucy Foxworth and she has a a website where she sells the SVG. So I may try some other paper houses, but I super love these little fairy houses because they fit over my wee yogurt jars. I have such a collection. I'll use the plain jars to be wrapped inside of these little candle holders. So the other part is I kind of went through what I had and I had a B pin that I would never going to wear, but I got it in, I don't know, I think it was in a a swap for that B hexagon swap. Well, anyway, I punched the paper, the pin through the roof paper and put the backing on. So it looks like there's a B, a big B on this fairy house with the roses and flowers. It's, I don't know, just made me happy. It made me very happy to get in touch with my inner child and make the fairy houses. Of course, they're staying in the house. And so I have like a little spring vignette with a little wire tree my sister made for me for Christmas and the little fairy houses in my Dollar Tree little tiny fairy garden resin figures. There's Mr. Toad, Mr. Turtle, and a blue jay with a mailbox and a welcome sign. So it does my heart good to make those kinds of things. I got my hot glue gun out and I also finished up my felted gnome by gluing it to a perlier base that my grandkids made that was a heart or perlier. And then I hot glued with Gorilla Glue. <clears throat> Excuse me, I really found that I like these hot Gorilla Glue sticks and Gorilla Glue sticks for a hot glue gun. Sorry about that. And it stuck really well. My first attempt did not stick as well. Then I've done a couple of Zentangles and working through the One Zentangle a Day book, which is helping me to get ready for the custom quilting that I'm going to be doing. And if you remember last time, I unboxed this really pretty modern embroidery kit. It's called Positivity Plants and or positive plants and I chose you are magic so I traced onto the paper and then stuck the paper on the it looks like shibori cloth and I embroidered the center using the backstitch you are magic all of that is in M creative J's beautiful instructions and I even started on some of the plants or ferns around it, which uses a stem stitch and lazy daisy. So the rest of the project is going to be stem stitch and lazy daisy stitches. And I have all of the things in the kit to finish the back beautifully and a little hanger to sew to the backing fabric in the hoop. It's super pretty. Then I went on a deep dive for a couple of days to go through the entire um, design space Cricut Access. I, I have that as a monthly subscription just to see what kinds of projects they have. And I spent lots of hours 
when I was sick um, and I was home from work, but I didn't quite feel like doing projects, but I wanted to be thinking about projects. And I found layered mandala style holiday cardboard cutouts. Now, what do you do with them? That's the biggest thing. Well, they had the the theme that Jennifer Maker had, you remember at Christmas time, I did a wooden sign and I did H-O. The O was a layered paper or I used felt and HTV. And it was H-O was the holiday layered thing. M-E was more iron-on and you rotate what the O is for the holidays. And I thought, you know, I've got so many frames. Wouldn't it be pretty to just cut out these layered pieces and change it out in the frame every month? And I just used a tiny dot of um, school glue. So the paper will pop right off. And then I can put the new one in next month. So I found for St. Patrick's Day, the most lovely shamrock. And it's very curly and layered with multicolors. I picked green uh, Kelly green, a very bright spring green and yellow to give it um, multi-layered colors and dimensions. And it's fantastic. Now I will make the paper Mandela style egg for Easter. They had 15 different layers already made layered art. And I think it looks great. I'm not going to, I was going to do four frames, H-O-M-E, and hang them on the wall. And I thought, you know, that's kind of overkill. I have a pattern from another free Cricut um, class that I did. And that's what that designer did. She did some layer art for Christmas and it was Noel. It was beautiful. And I was thinking of doing these four frames. Well, I don't have four that match. I may do that in the future. And I'm also limited on wall space. But I thought my St. Patrick's Day shamrock in my little vignette area in my dining room where I change it out for the seasons looks fantastic with another St. Patrick's Day free printout that I did last year um it was an Irish blessing and have my little framed art that I did that was a zentangle and I cut out the word grow and the zentangle art was more like mushrooms with a green wash color wash. I did that a couple years ago and they look good together. So I think instead of doing the four frames with the word home, I'm just going to change out the art on the cardstock in this pretty frame. And it gives it an, it's a bigger frame. It's 11. Um, it's not an eight by 10. It's next size up 11 by 14. And the mandalas are about six and a half inches. So it gives it enough negative space that it really pops. And that's what I'm going to do. I love cutting out cardstock. In vinyl is frustrating to me sometimes. So like the Monstera plants that didn't want to weed very well for that Starbucks cup. But I'm determined to figure that Starbucks cup out thing. It's just a challenge. I gave the Starbucks cup away to my coworker who's always covering for me. And she seemed to really, really like it. So I've been doing quite a bit of that. You may ask what I've, uh, how far I've come on the crocheted cardigan um, with granny squares. Well, I had to put it up. I crocheted so many grannies. I gave myself tendonitis 
in my dominant hand. So um, after a few weeks of not doing any crochet and limiting my hand um, use with lots of things, you know, like I tried to start practicing the piano again. So I rested it there, limited the use of my scrolling on my phone and uh, it's healed. It's doing much better. So I started knitting first and practicing my piano, which I've never taken lessons. I'm totally self-taught, but I can play some simple songs. So I enjoy it and you don't have to be good at it to enjoy practicing. And maybe as I have my hands get more flexible and I feel better, I'm going to try playing violin again, but that'll probably be in the summer. Kind of like Pa Ingalls. Remember Pa only played violin or fiddle in the wintertime because in the summer his hands were too calloused and dirty from all of the farm work. Well, I have to do it the opposite way. It's too cold here in the winter and it makes my hands stiff. <laughs> so I try to practice in the spring and summer. I don't play with groups anymore, so it's purely for my own entertainment and because I enjoy it. So last thing I want to talk about is I have been doing the IG Quilt Fest that happens every March and it's hosted by Amy Ellis of Amy's Creative Side and she has a beautiful uh, blog and I know she sells patterns and courses. She's considered a modern quilter and she has 30, well I think it's 30 days, 31 days in March maybe of prompts for every day to post something and of course that's spilled over into TikTok. I've noticed that there's an IG quilt fest on TikTok. So every day you do a post and I have found it to be an interesting way to tell stories you know within reasonable amount of words in a post because it starts out with introductions and one of your first quilts and I've got a picture of a baby quilt. It was the f it's not the first first quilt that I've made. It's the first quilt where I made it myself. From a pattern, I cut it all out. I used scraps. I picked the fabric from a scrap bin that my mother had sent me from childhood projects you know, we had made. And then bought some Walmart fabric to... You know, your favorite projects, picture of your hands, that wasn't great. I had to hide my broken thumbnail. <laughs> your favorite project, which was the Best Friends Quilt Along quilt that I made with Angel. I think it's been over a year now. And I just love that. It's a foundation paper-pieced quilt that we did as a quilt along with Fat Quarter Shop. And of course, I showed some of my scrap quilts and... The Irish chain. Um, the one that was really nostalgic was this was the coveted quilt. That was the prompt. So this was a quilt that maybe you made and gave away. Well, I made one block of a quilt that my quilt group did. And a few years ago, you may remember me talking about it. And it was a very interesting challenge, almost in a round robin sort of way. And in the end, we all made parts from the same fabrics that we could pick from. And then some members who didn't work and were retired finished putting it all together. And these are people who took Gwen Marston's improv classes. 
and there's a this quilt is 90% improv and I did a block and then I did the custom quilting on it and it did hang in the Grand Rapids AQS quilt show I missed that quilt I wanted to buy it because the ultimate goal was we were making this quilt together but since um it was a group project. No one person really owned it. So we decided that it would be sold for charity. And I believe the charity is cancer um, research. And it did sell. It went to one of the relatives of a lady in the quilt group owns a high-end shop in Santa Fe. Pretty sure it's Santa Fe, New Mexico. And it sold for several hundred dollars which for us was great because it would have probably bought 50 bucks here and it really really is a beautiful quilt it's one of those coveted things I know it's in a good home I have some great pictures of it but I sure would like to see that quilt again um, I also showed the quilt that I made out of orphan blocks using quilting jet girls free pattern of a circle quilt and I upcycle was the, the topic. So I took all these old orphan blocks that were testers or things that weren't quite perfect and I put them all in a quilt and it turned out to be a really phenomenal quilt. There's a couple of things about pressing and your favorite you know tips and tricks. Mine happens to be using a wooden clapper which I'm still surprised. There are lots of people that don't know about wooden clappers and then it says your favorite quilt book okay so how do you pick one how do you pick one quilt book out of all the ones out there so a couple years ago I did this and I talked about Eleanor Burns I love those Eleanor Burns books they are step by step they're phenomenal they teach you how to quilt in addition to watching her videos for support Fantastic. If you want more basics and some great patterns, Eleanor Burns is my go-to. But my favorite book is also a rare book that's out of print, which is my original yellow-covered Dear Jane. And so that's, you know, inspiring me to keep working on my Dear Jane. So it was just interesting as I was writing all of these posts kind of going down a trip of nostalgia and down memory lane so to speak and I really really had fun looking at all of the old pictures and trying to find specific pictures I love having my photos uploaded to the cloud with google photos um, because I think it goes to google drive and you can word search things like pink quilt or sewing machine and it will go through and it will find all the pictures from all the years that you have stashed in there that because mine are by date they're not by category for the most part and it made it so much easier to find photos I have a hard time I don't know about you but I have a hard time going through photos and then getting bogged down in nostalgia and maybe even sadness, like going, oh my gosh, I look so young. Yeah, I was 1988, girlfriend. <laughs> you were young. And, um, you know, so those kinds of things are fun. So today's is quilts of significance. Well, I don't know what to do for that one. I'm going to have to think about that long and hard. 
quilts of significance. What does that mean to you? Is that the a quilt that you saw that was significant, but then you can't really show a picture of it because it's not your work? Or is it like a quilt that was significant in your learning or significant because it was in a show or a magazine? Hmm. Quilts of significance. I'm going to have to think about that. And then 18 is workshop or class that you love. I haven't taken very many, but I have a I think I'm going to talk about the scrap quilts, that class that I took that gave me some much needed boost of confidence because I felt um, this last year that I had imposter syndrome about making scrap quilts because I've had a couple snarky comments made about my fabric choices over years. Which leads me to the wrap up, which is we've talked about the quote police here before. And there's... I had my first real snarky comment, not on the blog or anything else, but it was about using starch. And I think I talked about this a few weeks ago. So there is a huge movement on TikTok about the quote police or people who feel they have to put down other people's work. Why they do that, I don't know. Or make personal attack comments. I don't know why people do that. Some people do. And that's the one risk about being on social media, right? Uh, If you can't say anything nice, my mantra is don't say it at all. And I think that sometimes things are easily misunderstood because we're verbally communicating without nuance or all the nonverbals. And things can be misconstrued. But there's been some really mean things, especially on video formats. And I've seen a big movement with um, the quilting doctor, who I really enjoy his work. And he is a lot of causes that he promotes. And one of them is a hexagon charity where you can go buy these kits that the hexagons are already prepped for you on paper. And they're kits, so you can just sew the hexagons together. You don't have to go through the, if you get overwhelmed with fabric choices or overwhelmed with prepping your hexes, um, they're there. And that's, what is the name of that? Let me look it up so you can check it out if you're interested. Yes, it's One Common Thread. And the charity is Women of Honduras put these quilts together. I think it's a little expensive and I really don't need to purchase a kit, but I think it's a lovely cause. And some of the kits go up and they're gone. So if you are interested in that, they have like a wreath kit and they had a blue and white kit. There's some really pretty, pretty things. And they're all hexagons and I think it's beautiful. But people were getting real snarky about, you know, his title, Quilting Doctor. Well, he is not a doctor. He's a nurse practitioner, but he has a PhD. So he is technically a doctor of nursing. And people got real hung up on that. I just saw another one where people got really hung up on somebody whose title of their YouTube channel said that they were um, the hoof GP. Now, I watch farming shows I am not a farmer. I just think it's super cool to watch how they do farming. And this one guy's name is the Hoof GP. Well, GP in England is like a general practice doctor, right? He's not a doctor, but he is a professional hoof trimmer and he helps farmers 
get the cattle's feet that are overgrown and infected. So he's basically, you know, a professional foot trimmer. Is And I don't know what that technical word would be. And horses, uh, you know, a blacksmith who makes shoes, but then there's a the person who's a farrier who puts shoes on the horses. So basically he just, he is essential in helping these cows heal up so that they can produce milk and um, not be sick. So people were going off. I'm like, oh, you're misrepresenting yourself. Well, he says, I'm not a vet. I never claimed to be. I just know how to trim feet. Well, I'm just kind of like, I think we just, there's no place in this world right now for toxicity. And so what I did is I read my comment that was kind of weird about starch and how dare I put that on a customer quilt when it didn't, it was my quilt. And then I find starch to be helpful. You know, I've seen so many people who actually use old fashioned starch, people who dip their fabric in starch, people who use spray starch. There are people who swear by the starch alternatives. I can't use them. They stink and they make me have an asthma attack (laughs) and I don't like really how they work. So let's just join the movement of let's not be toxic in quilting and crafting because it doesn't just stop with quilting. Like I said, you know, it's on social media, especially video platforms. Um, People People can make weird comments. Part of it's having a thick skin and don't let trolls bother you. But (laughs) I'm just like, maybe on the front end, if we all band together, the world has enough problems as it is right now. And I'm looking for a beautiful spring and summer. And let's get rid of toxicity in our gatherings, especially creative gatherings and just build each other up. I think that's the whole, the whole theme of why I do this podcast is to encourage you and to share my struggles with certain projects. And this Dear Jane might be the ultimate in problem solving and opportunity growth and crying and screaming and maybe pulling my hair out a little bit or a couple new grays coming in. (laughs) So anyway, let us all not be that right? Let's just not be that. There is never um, room for toxicity. I even saw one lady on a video platform who makes nothing but pixel quilts, not the, the scrap one I talked about. She makes quilts that look like famous people. She takes photographs and in, in like she did one of Billie Eilish and she's done one of many, many fa- famous people and she's working on them. And people were making terrible comments about it it not being real quilts or art or it was why why are you wasting your time doing well no no don't don't we are not doing that so I want to end on it's going to be a beautiful spring here um, and we're going to encourage each other and focus on and I am focusing on all of the good things, um, things that I am grateful for, things that I have been blessed with in this life, and not dwell on the negative news, the negative things that happen every day, 
And I'm certainly not going to be part of any negativity on anybody else. So join me in making things, even if you're like me and my piano playing really isn't very great. I know that and I don't care. I do it because I love it. I love playing the piano and playing some of these simple tunes, especially the ones out of my Renfest book. So much fun. So let me know what you enjoy doing. And who knows, if we practice enough, maybe that thing that we feel like that we're not very good at, we're actually pretty good at. Have a great St. Patrick's Day. Have a wonderful mid-March. And if you're gardening, tell me what you're planting and what you're looking at. I've been looking around for things for my fairy garden. They haven't quite come to the store, but I did rescue a rippled leaf. I believe it's a peperomia, a ridgeleaf peperomia that's kind of a brownish green color. Yes, I've been looking for one of those to replace a couple that didn't make the winter. So happy spring and I will talk to you in about two weeks and please leave a comment about today's episode in the show notes will be all on the blog of mycreativecorner3.com or you can send me an email at vholloway12345 at gmail.com if you have any questions and you can always support the podcast by purchasing a virtual cup of coffee at Kofi link on the website thanks everyone for supporting Thank you to to those who have purchased me the virtual cup of coffee. It sure helps in keeping the podcast going. Have a wonderful, wonderful week and quilt on everyone.